Hey guys, welcome back again for part two of the Journey to Adepticon series. Um, once again, for a request from uh, indie local John Cash, he's asked me to do Night's Watch next. So we'll go ahead and go into Night's Watch. Um, as a lot of you who listen to the show and who know me know, this is my this is my boo. This is my faction. Really like these guys. Um, so we'll go into their deck, and I'll be able to give you a good bit of insight here on these guys. Um, so without further ado, starting with the first card in the deck, the Sword in the Darkness. Uh, this is <laughs> everybody's favorite card, right? Uh, when a friendly unit is performing a melee attack before rolling attack dice, if the defender has not activated this round, they become panicked and vulnerable. If the attacker is a Night's Watch unit, attach this card to that unit until the end of the game. While attached, this unit's melee attacks gain plus one attack die. Um, so a couple of things to take from this. Uh, this does conflict with the Sworn Brothers order for um, martial training. So just for just for those who may not be aware, um, if your opponent does it intentionally or accidentally, either way, they can't play the Sworn Brothers order for rerolls and play Sword in the Darkness on the same attack. Um, that said. Adding the plus one attack die is, is the biggest benefit to this card. If you're able to start around with a charge and play this card, you know, before they've activated and add the pain vulnerable token, that's kind of a bonus from, from where I'm standing as a Night's Watch player. It's generally not that that I'm after. It's the plus one attack die. So I get, get this card out as soon as I can. Your opponent would probably do the same. Uh, Night's Watch has very limited ways to produce tokens outside of the vulnerable from Sworn Brothers Martial Training and the um, Ranger Tracker's Mark Target Order. So being able to get the Panicked and Vulnerable is, is nice. It does help. Um, but most importantly, it's to add that plus one die. Uh, you get the you know, nine attack dice with Boldness and Courage from John and the Watch Captain. And it starts to get pretty ugly on the offensive side. The next card, the fire that burns against the cold. When a friendly unit is performing a morale test after rolling dice, that unit may re-roll any dice from this test. If this unit targeted a Night's Watch unit, attach this card to that unit until the end of the game. While attached, each time this unit gains a condition token, it may suffer two wounds, minus one for each of its destroyed rank. If it does, remove that token. So essentially, if they're at full ranks as an infantry unit, they can take two wounds, remove any tokens that you put on them. If they've lost... A rank, they take one wound if they're down at the last rank, and this card's on them. You're just never going to put condition tokens on them. That's just what it's going to be. Um, the initial effect itself is very good. Night's Watch is generally high morale. Um, all of their more quote-unquote elite units are five morale. So being able to reroll a panic test to prevent a failure when you're at five morale is pretty strong. Um, that said, this card can be kind of a bummer for a Night's Watch player if you draw it early. Um, if you're wanting to counterplay Night's Watch, you might consider, you know, maybe not going for that Crown Zap. It's normally going to be on a 6-plus anyway. Uh, maybe you just don't target them with it and give them an opportunity to play this card in round one. Um, for me personally, it's not a card I'm generally holding on to. So I'm pretty happy if you Crown Zap me in round one. It just gives me an excuse to play this card, get it out there, and, and benefit from it. Um, you know, when it comes to removing the condition tokens, because a lot of times it is 100% worth it to take those wounds to prevent the token. Um, 
Moving on, the Shield of the Realms of Men. This one is a very powerful one. It, it triggers a lot of complaints from players that are you now having to face Night's Watch. Uh, it's just a very strong card. Um, so we'll go into that. When an enemy is performing an attack after rolling defense dice, target the defender. They may reroll any defense dice. So the big key there for this one that makes it, you know, borderline crazy good is that you get to choose to play this after you roll defense dice. Um, so you can see how good of a roll you have, and then you choose to save it for a, another attack, or you can say, well, I, I rolled kind of crappy. I'm going to play this right now. If this they're all the Val, quote-unquote Val cards will say, if targeting a Night's Watch unit after you, know, you attach the card. While attached, each time this unit is attacked, after rolling defense dice, it blocks plus one hit. So again, this is after the defense dice are rolled, so it's not a plus one right off the top. It ends up being a little bit better because they get to roll and then block, you know, plus one hit. Um, this also works for melee attacks. Uh, similar to Hardened, it's one of the few ways, you know, that you can block hits automatically from a ranged attack. So it's going to be really, really good. This one, again, in round one, it, particularly if your opponent just pushes up like a unit of Sworn Brothers into range of, of your archers, and they're like, yeah, it's fine, I don't care that I'm in range, uh, you may consider whether you take that shot or not. It's probably a ploy to get, you know, Shield of the Realms of Men or Watcher on the Wall out as early as possible so they can cycle through their deck. It's something that I will do if I if I think that I can... You know, mitigate any damage from them, like it's six dice on fours or something with no rerolls. I'll go ahead and take the risk just to get shield out of my hand early. Uh, the Watcher on the Wall. After a friendly unit is attacked, target one friendly combat unit other than Defender. That unit pivots, then shifts two inches. If this is a Night's Watch unit, attach this card until the end of the game. While attached, this unit gains plus one speed and may reroll any charge distance dice. This card is is pretty crazy. It's pretty good because the Night's Watch units are pretty much all speed 5 or better. Um, off the top of my head, I don't know any Night's Watch unit that is speed 4 on their own uh, you know, neutral units, but they couldn't attach this card anyway. So moving like Sworn Brothers up to speed 6, but it, it really comes up big when you're putting Ranger Trackers and Ranger Hunters to speed 7. And then that reroll charge distance on every charge is so good. Like, this is a card that they absolutely want to get out and get this working as soon as they possibly can. So, again, similar to Shields, if it's round one, it might not be, you know, depending on what the risk versus reward is, if they put themselves in a situation to where you can attack them, it's a relatively safe bet that they have one of those two cards and they're just trying to get it out of their hand. You can make that decision based on what's in front of you and, and what the game condition is. Sometimes you don't play the game based on what your opponent might have. Uh, just make your best judgment call. But this, again, this is, this is a case where I would deliberately move a unit into, you know, in range of an attack take that risk just to get Watcher on the Wall out and then be able to get through my deck, as I mentioned. The Light That Brings the Dawn. This, this as a Night's Watch player, this card is situationally good, but it's also a card that I have no issue dumping to card cycle. When a friendly unit is performing a melee attack before rolling attack dice, this attack may reroll any misses. 
If this target is a Night's Watch unit, attach this card to that unit until the end of the game. While attached, when attacking enemies with more remaining rank, more remaining ranks, this unit's attacks roll their highest attack die value. So the attached effect is kind of easily forgotten, I think, because it's just not in your face as good as some of the other ones. But it can be big. Night's Watch does have the tendency to absorb a lot of damage, so there are situations where this card can be big, particularly if the unit does not have Boldness and Courage. Boldness and Courage is letting you attack with an additional rank or the plus one die. So if they don't have this, it's just a regular, you know, vanilla Night's Watch unit, they, they'll see some benefit from attaching this card. Um, it's not really anything to write home about. I don't think this is one of the weaker cards in the deck. Take the black. When an enemy unit is destroyed, now take note that this is any enemy unit. So yes, they can kill your dire wolf and play take the black. Um, target one friendly Night's Watch infantry unit in short range. That unit restores four wounds. You may take one infantry infantry attachment from the destroyed enemy and attach it to that unit, replacing a model in that unit as normal, but ignoring the usual attachment. Um, this card is big. Uh, depending on timing and when it's played, healing four all at once after a kill, and then also being able to take a key attachment and add it to a Night's Watch unit, ignoring the limits. Um, this is just brutal. Um, it depends, again, when the card comes up. Maybe you hold on to it, maybe you don't. It, if you draw it, if I draw it in round one, unfortunately, as good as I know that this card is, it's going to be a card that I dump. Um, you know, again, fishing for some of those commander cards and some of those better attached cards. But that said, take the black will. It, it can make you want to pull your hair out. Again, as I mentioned, triggers off of any unit. So if I'm in a desperate situation where my unit needs healed and maybe Amon's already gone or I don't really have a way to heal, um, I'm definitely going to be trying to kill one of your solo units or something that's easier to kill, just be able to play Take the Black. So just be aware of where your more vulnerable units are in the times where the game is kind of on the line because that four-wound heal on a Night's Watch unit can, can be enough to give them another, you know, another chance at life. So just be aware of this. Uh, and now his watch has ended. So for me, this is definitely the best card in their entire deck. Um, attach it to a friendly Night's Watch unit at the start of any turn. While attached, when another friendly Night's Watch unit is destroyed, you may discard this card. If you do, move one friendly attached tactics card from that unit to this unit. This unit then performs one attack, maneuver, or march action. Uh, this is so good. It's so good in conjunction with Cold Hands because Cold Hands solo comes back if he dies. So for me, he's just a disposable resource anyway. And if I can use him to trigger a watch is ended, and even if I'm marching or maneuvering into a better position, that's perfectly fine with me. If I'm already engaged with the Sworn Brothers or with Ranger Hunters or something like that, I can just make a free attack. Uh, super, super good. Very, very strong card. Um, as I said, I think it's the strongest one in their deck without question. Um, if you've got, if you're running like Tyrion NCU, or if you're running patch face or some way where you have card control and manipulation, this would be the card that you want to stop. Um, moving on, we will just go into, we're going to cover Jon Snow's commander and Donald Noy's commander. I think they're the two best 
they're the two that you're most likely to see. Every once in a while, you'll see Vargo, uh, Commander, just for the ability to kill attachments. I don't know if that's something you'll really see or not. Um, so I'm going to cover John and Doc. Uh, John, starting with his first card, it shall not end until my death, when a friendly combat unit would be destroyed by a melee attack. Before being removed, that unit performs one melee attack action using its lowest attack die value on the attacker. If this targets Jon Snow's unit, it gains plus two attack dice. If this attack destroys the defender, your friendly unit is not destroyed, but instead remains in play with one wound. So again, this card is really situational, whether it's great or just, eh, you know, whatever. Um, it's not one I generally hold on to, but with that said, if you happen to have it in your hand on a round where, like, Ghost dies and he's charged up with John's sword in the darkness, it can be really nice. Uh, even if he's not going to kill the unit, you just play the card just to make the melee attack anyway. Five dice of Sundering, it's nothing to sneeze at. Um, and then as far as John goes, you know, if he's got sword in the darkness on, he's taking seven attack dice, uh, whatever unit he's in. It's really pretty good. If this card comes down late game where wounds have kind of taken their toll, uh, it's going to be pretty good. Um, be weary of sending in like a dire wolf to finish off John's unit. Um, you might end up triggering this card. Uh, he's very likely to kill the dire wolf, uh, regardless of which wolf it is. And at that point, stays alive. If he's got Take the Black in hand, uh, you're even more sad. There's so much sadness coming so much sadness just be aware of it you know if you don't see it in the discard pile you can maybe reliably guess try i mean you'll have to decide if it's worth it or not to you but i can imagine that that's a very big time feels bad situation where you finally get rid of john with like a wolf or a dragonstone noble or something and then this card comes down and you didn't get rid of him and just john bursts back to life course when he makes that melee attack he would do rally cry on one of his friendly units so it can turn into a real big mess um i rate this card as excellent situationally a lot of times it's relatively low impact so it just really depends uh stand united brothers uh this is a phenomenal card start of any turn so this is able to be played on your turn um target one friendly combat unit remove up to four models total now, it's important to note that this is models for a couple of reasons that we'll go into. From other friendly combat units in long range, restore that many wounds to this unit. Okay, so first and foremost, um, you're removing models. So if it's ranger trackers or something like that, or flayed men or whatever, if they're running cavalry in the list, they have to remove one whole model to restore a wound to Jon Snow. That's pretty big because it's three wounds, it's a cav model. Um, restore that many wounds to this, uh, the other implication, I'm so sorry, uh, when it comes to solos, <sighs> you can target cold hands with this card, destroy cold hands, and be able to trigger watches ended, in addition to healing whatever unit, one, or if it's Jon Snow's unit, it counts as three. Uh, the second part of the, if it targets Jon Snow's unit, it may restore plus two wounds, so you remove cold hands, John restores three. John triggers watches ended. If John makes a melee attack, it's a rally cry. If it's on your turn, maybe you die before you get the chance to attack. 
or maybe you're wanting to attack someone else and John just healed him two, or John healed himself three, and now maybe you're not going to kill him. This card is just phenomenal. Um, again, with this one, this is actually in the FAQ uh, that comes with the 2021 Season 1 rulebook in the app. You are able to target a unit, remove zero, take zero wounds or remove zero models, as it were, and just heal John too. Um, so if you're looking at John's cards, you can make a case for for bringing Satin. These two cards um, are the ones that get a kicker for being Jon Snow. You can make a case for bringing Satin as the vassal just to be able to get those bonuses on another unit that's not Jon Snow. Um, I think it's worth consideration, particularly with It Shall Not End, uh, because you can make them think twice about what they send in to kill Satin as well. So just something to keep in mind. As a Night's Watch player, if you're on the fence with Satin, I think he's well worth it in a Jon Snow list. Uh, finally, we come to For the Watch. Again, start of any turn. Target one friendly combat unit. It may reroll any charged distance dice this turn. If this targeted a Night's Watch unit, attach the card. While attached, each time this unit is targeted by the maneuver zone, you may replace that zone's effect with this unit performs one charge action. Uh, this is just an excellent card when it comes to Ranger Hunters. Um, Ranger Hunters have Swift Strikes, so you can take a free charge off of the Tactics Board, use Swift Strike, bounce out of that combat, and you still have an activated, so you're able to charge again if you want to. If you've got Watcher on the wall and your speed's 7, you can reliably retreat back far enough away from them that they can't countercharge you reliably, but you are able to easily charge them. Um, if you're like nine inches away with hunters, you know, it's a two with a reroll. So um, very, very good card. Um, it just has to be played right. It can be a trap. A lot of times just opening up with a YOLO charge off of the horse might not be the best play. You get stuck in and then you know, the board happens. They will all the damage that you did anyway. That said, it's a free charge. I, I, it can't be a bad card. So for me, when I'm choosing Jon Snow, it's for a couple of reasons. Me personally, I'm a Jon Snow simp, so I play Jon Snow because I like Jon Snow. I've played Jon Snow since the beginning of the game. Good, bad, indifferent, I play Jon Snow. I like Jon, I like Ghost, that's what I play. Um, he just happens to usually be relatively good. Maybe not the best. Um, he was certainly not better than Otho last version. I played John anyway. Um, so another reason to take him is for his commander's attachment. I think that his attachment is is enough to make him worth considering maybe in, in a double pairing, like Jon Snow, Jon Snow. Because Rally Cry is so strong and Boldness and Courage is so strong for the Night's Watch units, I just think that he's good. He's worth taking. Um, you don't generally see him in units outside of Sworn Brothers and Hunters, maybe in Veterans if you want to play like the tanky game. I could see some merit to him being in Shadow Tower Spearmen because of set for charge, but unfortunately for me, if I was running Shadow Tower Spearmen, I don't see a lot of reason to not just take Veterans. Um, they're in a similar role, but the Veterans are probably a bit more survivable, so it's, it's kind of a, a situation for me where not 100% sure that I would put Shadow Tower speech. So I think for the most part, he lives in Sworn Brothers and Hunters. Both are very good. It depends on what else is in the list and what you want to do with it. Um, so that's Jon Snow. 
Uh, moving on to Donald Noy, who is also a fantastic commander. Um, on the stat site, he's rated above Jon Snow. Uh, he's just really good. So we'll start with his first card. Uh, defensive formation. Again, this one's start of any turn. Attach this card to a friendly combat unit until the start of its next activation. While attached, this unit cannot perform attack or charge actions, but gains plus one to defense dice rolls, and attackers do not gain charge flank or rear bonuses against it. Now, this is a phenomenal card. Um, if you're parking a unit in a forest uh, or next to a low wall for that plus one save when they charge into you, they're not getting flank or rear. The only thing they can really do to modify your defense dice is sundering or like the giga sundering from great axis. Um, so generally when they're charging in, you're getting plus two to defense saves if you're using the train to your advantage and they don't get a charge bonus. So it's pretty potent. It's a very, 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 very good card. Um, it's also worth noting, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Most of the Night's Watch cards get a bonus when they target Night's Watch units. Like you can't attach the Vow cards to Flayed Men or Cutthroats or something like that. Watches ended will not trigger if a neutral unit dies. That's very important to note. For the watch from John cannot be attached to a neutral unit for the three charges, but defensive formation can be played on Flayed Men cutthroats, blaggard, whatever you want to play. Um, very important to note. Um, also, with this card, if you're playing against Night's Watch, again, just to make you aware, because I think sometimes people violate rules unintentionally, so just be aware that this card strictly forbids them from making attack actions. You just can't do it. And the card stays attached to you until they activate, so there's no option to well, I want to take the swords and I'll go ahead and drop defensive formation. No, you can't. You just can't make the attack. It's not. You're not permitted to do so until you activate. So just keep that in mind. Um, refuse to yield after a friendly unit passes a panic test. Not super hard for Night's Watch to do. All enemies engaged with that unit become vulnerable. Attach this card to that unit until it fails a panic test. While attached, each time this unit passes a panic test, all enemies engaged with that unit become vulnerable. If this card is attached to Donald Noy's unit, it gains plus one to panic test rolls. Okay, so immediately it's a pretty good effect. Again, Night's Watch is relatively high morale anyway, so the likelihood of them passing panic tests is pretty high. This card becomes very, very, very strong if you have ranged attacks and you're playing Cold Hands or Ghost or the Watch Marshal. And you can get those units engaged and you can force panic tests on them by shooting into their melee. They're going to auto-pass the panic test unless they're engaged with intimidating presence or something like that. Um, and at that point, they're just going to be throwing out vulnerable tokens onto the units that they're engaged with. As I mentioned before, Night's Watch isn't necessarily a token-heavy army, but this is a very, very good way to just generate vulnerable tokens for the Night's Watch. Lash Out. After an enemy completes a melee attack, if the defender was not destroyed, the attacker suffers two wounds for each of the defender's destroyed ranks. If the defender is Donald Noy's unit, the attacker also becomes panicked. So again, he's bringing some tokens that Night's Watch doesn't necessarily have access to. I think Lash Out is a really good card. Um, there are a lot of people that think that it's a bad card. I think it's a phenomenal card. Um, it is such a good deterrent to solos coming in, trying to, you know, 
finish off a unit or to put heavy damage on a unit, particularly Starks with their Northern Ferocity Bomb. When I play as Starks, I absolutely hate playing into Lash Out. The Dire Wolves are, in my opinion, the Starks' best weapon for offense. And this card is such a deterrent to sending that Dire Wolf in, because if you kill two ranks, or if they're on the last rank and they survive somehow, the, the wolf just automatically dies. Um, similar to most solos, only have four wounds or so. Um, the exception being like chariots and other war machine type things, giants, things like that. But none of those things will appreciate this card. Uh, Mag the Mighty does not appreciate last, Lash Out. Nothing really overly appreciates this card, but I think it's a very good card. I Anything that deals auto wounds for me is great. Like, it's worth taking. Um, then moving on to Donald's commander attachment. He brings shield wall, and he brings, uh, I think it's improved armaments is what it's called. He will roll his highest attack die value and gain sundering when you own the bag. And let me double check really quick to make sure that's accurate. Sorry, it's been a while since I played Donald. It's been since last Adepticon. Gain Sundering and roll their highest attack die value. That's correct. So, um, I like putting Donald in Veterans. I think he's also at home in Shadow Tower Spearman. Um, because you can add Shield Wall, Unyielding, and you're able to give that unit Sundering, and they would always roll seven dice. In the case of Swords in the Darkness, they would always be rolling eight dice, as long as you control the bags. And it's pretty good. It's quite a bit of punch. So I think Dominoy's good. Should he be used in a pairing with whatever commander? I mean, maybe, but again, Jon Snow. Jon Snow. I think you're likely to see Dominoy, though. Um, the unit that he goes in varies. I've also seen him in Hunters. Adding the shield wall to you know, a glass cannon unit like Hunters is definitely not going to be something bad. Um, I think he's just overall pretty well good in any unit. Um, shield Wall is a strong ability. And Improved Armaments coming free with the Commander attachment is probably good. Um, so I think he's pretty strong. You're generally going to see him in a somewhat tanky unit. He's just going to move into the center of the map and do his best to hold the point. Um, because he's got Shield Wall and he's got the ability to put... Um, defensive formation on himself and just sit there and absorb damage. So that is what I found to be great with Donald Noy. Um, I think he's a phenomenal commander, arguably better than John, but <laughs> other people will do it, but I like John Snow. So um, that said, that's probably good for the Night's Watch. I hope you learned a couple of little tricks here and there. Um, you've just got to be aware of the, you know, the cold hands. Uh, it's it's unfortunate because you don't want to be tied up with cold hands forever, but you've just got to be really, really careful. The biggest takeaway from it for me is you've just got to be really, really careful when you kill a unit when they have watches ended down. Um, it's obviously open information what cards are attached everywhere, so it's it's not a secret that they have watches ended down. So you've just got to you've got to make sure that it's worth it 
to kill that unit at that point. It's best when that unit is unengaged, but sometimes it's to their benefit. But for the most part, you just don't want to eat that free attack. So just be aware of that. Make smart plays. Uh, play properly to the tempo and the turn activation order, and you might be able to get around that card, even if it means retreating the unit so that they don't get the free attack, and then you kill cold hands or ghost or whatever you're engaged with. Just There are ways to play around it. it. It might be a little bit uncomfortable and inconvenient, but there are things in this game that just cause you to do things you wouldn't normally want to do, but it is a solution. So with all of that said, I'll close this one out and we'll move to the next recording.